Welcome to the Best Player Wins podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts. I am Eddie Quinones. I'm Jake Diemer. And welcome back to another week of the podcast, everyone. Pretty excited to get this one through. It was a pretty sad week for me. I think the the bye week and injury bug just hit at the same exact time. Uh, and it doesn't look like it's going to go away anytime soon. I don't know if you got hit by that, Jake, or not, but it was bad. No, I had a I had a good week last week. I went into Monday Night Football with a, with a lead, and, and I, I actually ended Monday Night Football with a lead. That was uh, that was big. So I think I've lost three times already after I've le- after I've led heading into Monday Night Football. I've had some Monday Night heartbreak. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, you barely squeaked this one out though, at least to go two and zero this week. The league median was one fifty four point two six this week, and you scored a one fifty five point eighty eight. Uh, so it was a close one for you. Hey, I I got there though. That's... Yes, you did. You got there, so that's all that counts. Yeah. Well, yeah. I got right. there despite having yet another player get hurt. See, this is what I've had a bone to pick with my team. All my players are choosing to get hurt in the first quarter. Why can't they get hurt like <laughs> after halftime? Yeah. It was Kadarius Tony this week. Uh, he got hurt on the first drive a couple of weeks ago. It was yeah. Thomas. He gets hurt on the first drive. Uh, AJ Brown a couple of weeks before that. What are we doing here? Yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate. And, and the thing about Kadarius is Giants had game planned all around him. I mean, this was going to be – he was going to score, I think, another 20 points. He had 6.6 when he went out. So – Yeah, he caught, he caught yeah. three passes on the first drive. Like yeah. He, I, I think if he would have been healthy the whole game, he would have really popped off. Yeah, he would have had a really big game. So, it's unfortunate, but hopefully he'll be back in a couple of weeks for you. So, but yeah. All righty. Well, with that intro, let's move on down uh, to our prior week's recap. So – who did what did you have last week as your biggest upset? Uh, the biggest upset is definitely Mike finally beating you in a fantasy sport, and uh, he did so despite the subpar performance from Taylor Heineke. Uh, I was a little worried about his quarterback duo. I, I, I think based on how I structured my team, I think I value it's pretty obvious I value quarterback very highly. Yeah, uh, I think I drafted quarterback higher than anyone else in the draft did, but. Uh, I I look at some teams would have two subpar quarterbacks, and I I worry about them week to week. But uh, the rest of his team really really did well. Diggs finally got a, got a big game. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott continued to roll, and uh, Tua actually didn't play too bad. He got over twenty points. But yeah, I just it was it was nice to see Mike finally get one over you. It was not nice. All right. I played the wrong running back for the uh, football team. Gibson had 4.4 and then McKissick had 19 on the bench. So that one hurt a little bit. Um, But in all seriousness, congrats to Mike. I also had that as my biggest upset. Personally inside, I'm very upset. And just in terms of just league history and everything, it's definitely the first time he's beaten me. So you know, my hat off the head. It won't happen again, and I'll make sure of it. So, I think Gibson got hurt. He did. 
he was kind of in and out of that game. It, which I should have known, though, coming into the game. He's had shin issues for the past couple of weeks, and I contemplated not starting him and putting McKissick in because I did it for one of my other leagues. And McKissick popped off on the other league, and he obviously did not on this league because I didn't start him. But I'm, I am a little worried about Gibson going forward because they talked about how he has a stress fracture, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of managing it. As a, throughout the season, but that just that sounds like something that you can have, like that could just flare up at any point. And exactly, I have him in another league. I'm I'm trying to trade him right now, but it's it's a little worrying to me that he, like a stress fracture in your in your shin, sounds pretty bad. It does I, sound pretty bad. I don't know how you're. <laughs> I don't know how you're just like okay, I'm good to go. Yeah, like I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I I at least for me since I have McKissick in my backfield, like I have that sense of, okay, you know, if something happens to Gibson, I think McKissick will do just as fine as again, he'll produce just as well as Gibson did. So, but if you're a Gibson owner in any other league and you don't have McKissick, something that worries you. Cause I mean, you don't really have that backup to fall back on. So it's a, it's a tough situation with McKissick right now. But yeah. All right. Going down to our biggest takeaway for the week. Uh, I'm going to start this one off, and I'm going to say bye weeks. Uh, just were extra brutal this week, uh, and probably for the next couple weeks. There have been a lot of injuries with a lot of players. Uh, not only, like, if you look at the Browns, both of their backs were out. So you saw Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt were both out this upcoming week. Uh, if you have a bye week with any of your other running backs and you have them, like it happened to me in another one of my leagues, like I have Chubb and uh, Hunt, which they're out. And then I have my other running back because I don't want to buy. So it's just, it, it's been so, so bad for me so far. And I, I'm guessing it's been pretty bad for a lot of people as I kind of look through the teams and stuff. So what was your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway is that Derrick Henry is the one, one for next year. And we were drafting for the rest of the season. I think he's also the one, one there too. Yeah. I, I, the only player close to him in talent is McCaffrey, but uh, availability is a skill and Derrick Henry is always out there for you. I pity the people who traded him away after he scored just over 10 points in week one. Uh, Man, is he good. It's, it's just, I know that we talk about it every year we have for a couple of years where uh, the only the knock against him kind of in draft season that I've seen be pretty common is uh, he's not going to be able to, he's going to eventually break down. He can't, he can't handle this workload that he's getting because the workload is really, it's really insane. He's getting mm-hmm. carries in it than the next closest running back. Uh, but like until he, I, I think I'm at a point with him where until, until I see it happen, I don't know that I can believe it. It's going to happen because the dude is just like the only way you can really describe it is I guess he he's just like built different and he's so good. And uh, like he's on pace for twenty two hundred yards and twenty seven touchdowns. And I know I think the common thing with Derrick Henry is we've, we've seen him like heat up uh, as the season goes on and towards the uh, the winter months. He's just this absolute monster. But. Uh, he's he's already evolved it. He's already reached his uh, 
his final form a little earlier than than uh, December. And yeah, for me, he's the clear one one next year. And I that's no disrespect to McCaffrey, but yeah, I mean, it's just a numbers game. When you look at it at the end of the day, McCaffrey's not playing. Obviously, when McCaffrey's playing, he's put up some serious numbers. But Derrick Henry, like you said, availability is a skill. He is available every week. He plays every week. He's promised 18-plus touches a week. Uh, I mean, and now they're even starting to get him into some screens outside of the backfield and and start tossing the ball to him a little bit more. If he gets anywhere from – six to seven targets for catches outside of the backfield per game with roughly the same amount of touches, it'll be unprecedented. The amount of damage that he can do is just one player. So, yeah, you say, you say 18, I'm thinking like 25 plus. I was being generous. I was being generous. I mean, the dude's workload is just nuts, but he, he delivers and he's just, He's probably he's probably my favorite player to watch play just because he looks like he looks like I know we talked about Madden last week, but like he looks like the the running back that you create where you like max everything out yeah. nine and you're just obliterating people. Yeah, I think he's averaging about 20, 26 yard run. 24, 25 carries a game right now. And he's averaging, I think, about 130 yards a game or 120 yards a game. Yeah, he's like he's Pretty like insane and a half on your team right now and he's averaging about two touchdowns a game a little under that (laughs) so he he's definitely i mean he's averaging 28.4 fantasy points which that's insane 28.4 that's that's high so yeah at this point at this point defenses are like you can't you can't stop him Mm -hmm. only hope to contain him and by contain him you can only hope that he scores like one touchdown and only runs for like hundred yards. Yeah, that, that's as containing him is at this point. But yeah. And the crazy thing is for any other running back, that's a solid week at hundred yards and a touchdown. You think, okay, did really well. But if you can only contain him to that, because he's going to get more than that half the time, that's, that's a scary thought. So but yeah, I do agree with that. King Henry, definitely one, one next year. As of right now. So, all right. Well, moving on down, we have our top three standings update. So, at number one, we have JC, Scooby, and the gang at 11 and one. At number two, we have Sean, the football heads at nine and three. And at number three, we have Scott, the Thundercats at nine and three. Uh, things are starting to get a little tight up there at the top of the, uh, the standings and the bottom of the standings again. Pretty close to how it was last week. We're not really seeing too much separation. Since we do have eight teams into the playoffs, I think six, seven, eight, nine, ten, that region right there, it'll stay very competitive until the end of the year, I think. So do we do we have an eighteen playoff or a sixteen playoff? We I have guess. an eighteen playoff. Okay. I knew we I knew we changed it to or I knew we had six teams last year. I didn't know if that changed. Yeah, no, I believe I could be wrong, but I thought that we had a eighteen playoff. Because I thought we did eight teams last year. No, we did. We only did uh, six last year. I want to say it's six again this year because I can't remember. I'm going to look at. It. I'm. I'm looking out. at it right now. Yeah. Uh, I can find it on ESPN's website here. Yeah, six six playoff teams. Okay, so there's only even six. even that even if there's Either, only six. I think I'm getting it mixed up with the other league that we're in, which is the uh, the superheroes league, heroes and villains. Okay. I believe that one's eight. 
Yeah, I mean, even if even only six, like I, there's uh, seven through nine is only uh, one game back at yeah. most, and then it's and still- then from there it's still two games. I think I'm two games back, I believe, and I'm at eleven right now. So yeah, so that's still that area, that whole section there is pretty tight still. Yeah, and, and a lot of us still play each other, so it'll be a, it'll be a lot of mix up, and it'll be pretty tight. I think the top three or four, I think. They have it in the bag in terms of the four of them are making playoffs. It's just whether who's that number one seed, who's two, who's three. So, yeah, I, but, I agree with that. I think they're playing for the those guys up there are playing for the playing for the buy. Yeah. So, all right, all righty. Let's move on down to our team and player analysis. So last week's in our stardom sitems for our Thursday night football edition, we had Tom Brady or Jalen Hurts. I had taken Tom Brady, a.k.a. QB1, uh, and I believe you took – what did you take last week? You took Hurts, correct? Yeah, I took Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And you were you were correct on that. Even though Tom Brady had a really good passing game, had two touchdowns and an interception, uh, Jalen Hurts did a little bit of everything. He didn't really throw for too many yards. His total yards was only at 160 total, uh, but he did have four total touchdowns, three of them rushing, which gives you pretty much an additional what, two points per – he had an extra six points just from touchdowns there compared to if you would have thrown him. So, and then he had an interception. So Hertz definitely had himself a solid week last week. Yeah. I think Jalen hurts. I don't think I've ever seen a player with so with such a gap between his real life value and his fantasy value because yes. fantasy wise, he's a terrific quarterback, but uh, in real life, he's Sucks. got a ways to go. <laughs> yes. It's uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. He has a long way to go in real life. And fantasy, I mean, like you just said, I mean, he's he's doing really well in fantasy, which to me, I guess the biggest knock I had on him in the years, I, I was evaluating his his real life value for me. And I kind of let that cross over into fantasy. So I really wasn't a big fan of him. Um, but it's obviously proving to not be an issue because it's top 10. So yeah, he's he's fifth, he's the fifth overall quarterback right now. And I it's just his rushing floor is so high and he gets so many rushing touchdowns. He's actually, I think he's one of the reasons why Miles Sanders isn't doing so well is because yeah, Hertz is now a threat to run in the, in the red zone, but the least amount of attempts that Hertz has had in a game rushing is seven and he's averaging nine right now. So that kind of says it all. He's got nine rushes. The least amount of rushing yards he's had in a game is 30. Other than that, he's up at 80, 60, 40. He's got three games with rushing touchdowns. Two of them were two two touchdowns rushing. So, yeah. He's doing really well. As a passer, though. Huh? He's got ways to go as a passer, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's had a couple games where he's shown that he can pass the ball, like the Dallas and Kansas City game. He did all right. Dallas game, he threw two picks, which was really my only issue, but he threw – about 300 yards, uh, the Kansas city game, their defense is atrocious. So I'm not taking this too much into consideration, but through 387 yards and two touchdowns. So. Yeah. I mean, he should either way touchdowns. All of that. I think, I think I said it last week there. He had, he had five, he has five touchdowns called back by penalties already. Yes. Which is nuts. So yeah, I didn't mean to derail us with uh Jalen hurts talk. Oh no, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> All right, moving on down to our next one. We had Leonard Fournette or Miles Sanders. I think we both took Leonard Fournette here. And that was a good chose correctly. 
Go ahead. I said that was a good call. Yes, it was a very good call. Uh, Leonard Fournette dropped uh, 30.70 points, uh, which was almost 21 points more than Miles Sanders. Um, again, Miles Sanders keeps coming up, and it's just I just don't think he needs to be on that offense. They're not using him at all. Uh, obviously, their priorities of running the ball really hurts. I mean, he's been doing it all with his legs, uh, and Miles Sanders just really hasn't gotten much love. So I think he needs to be out there, in my opinion. Yeah, free Miles Sanders. Yes, 100%. He's too talented to be stuck on a team that barely runs him. Yeah, that is that is interesting because you look like you look at guys like him and it's like the, the talent is there. It's just that the opportunities are not. So it's, I don't know, it's interesting because it's, because I guess I think for running backs, especially, we, it's all, there's always kind of a, uh, you have to weigh the talent versus the opportunity that they're going to get and the role. Yeah. It's just interesting to look at Miles Sanders and maybe because you, I think that you, most of the time you look at that, you'd look at that debate and pick talent every time. But uh, I think we're seeing in this case that that's, it's not always the correct choice. Yeah. I think uh, like I compare Miles Sanders to like a DeAndre Swift. Those two guys I feel like are very similar in the way that they play the game. The Detroit Lions are using DeAndre Swift to his fullest potential. He's not getting a bunch of, a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of attempts. I mean, the highest he's had is 14, but he, he's getting at least, five six seven targets in the passing game i just i just don't think that the eagles are using sanders to that potential i feel like they're just not using him in his passing game he can catch the ball really well i mean he's a penn state running back penn state running backs are very good at catching the ball usually going to penn state and it's usually what they do so it's a little surprising to see kind of how they've how they've helped dealt with him but but yeah all right. And then the final one, we had Devontae Smith or Antonio Brown. I chose Devontae Smith. I was terribly wrong. Um, Antonio Brown had a total of 24.30 fantasy points. Uh, he almost tripled Devontae Smith. So not very good on me there. You chose AB, correct? No, I did not. I was right. Oh, you chose Devontae. Yeah, we were both really wrong there. Um, just not very good. All right. So I'm going to move on to this week's Thursday night football stardom sit-ums. There's there's quite a few individuals from Cleveland's team missing, so I kind of mixed it up and threw a a couple other people out there. So we're going to go with the tight ends here first. Uh, Are you starting Noah Fant or are you starting David Njoku? Uh, This one's a slam dunk for me. I I think it's it's very obviously it should be Fant. Uh, There's many question marks with Njoku now now we're seeing that he's getting a brand new quarterback who knows how Keenum's going to run the offense who's who he's going to actually throw to and also he's Case Keenum so he's not very good uh I'll take Fant because he's been a much safer play I he actually has a pretty decent target share each week it's a little bit over 20 percent and he gets uh plenty of red zone looks too so I think that's really all you can ask for in a tight end I think he's actually a pretty pretty highly uh, he'd be a pretty highly weekly rated tight end for me. Uh, yeah, I for sure, slam dunk, this is Fant over Njoku. Yeah, I think this one's m- maybe the easiest decision out of the three for me. Uh, I'm a really big fan of Noah F- uh, Fant. Um, goes back to a couple of years ago in Madden when he was a rookie. I used him in Madden all the time, and he was absolutely insane. And I was like, oh, wow, he's really good. And then I started following him in real life, and the dude is good at football. So. Yeah, can't can't knock him. He's had uh, 
a touchdown every other game so far this year. So he might not have a touchdown tomorrow if he's going to keep up with that with that trend. But I think he'll definitely he'll get the targets and he'll do what kind of he needs he needs to do. So I also so think because because we both said Fant, uh, we I guess we can expect Njoku to pop off for like seventy yards and a touchdown. Yeah, so whoever has Njoku, if you're hearing this, I'd probably start him tomorrow just because yeah. he might he might pop off and, <laughs> and do really well. So, <laughs> All right, moving on to our next one. We had the Broncos defense or Cleveland's defense. Who are you starting and who are you sitting? All right, I'm going to go with the Broncos defense here. Just, I mean, I, I think either one is a fine play because I'm not – I don't think Teddy Bridgewater uh, scares anyone, but – uh, yeah, Case Keenum is the quarterback for the for the for Cleveland. I don't know that he's going to be that much worse than Baker Mayfield has been, but anytime you change quarterbacks, and it sounds like he was there, the change came a little late in the week. Like Baker's status was up in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's a pretty big deal. And then you also on Cleveland side, they they always want to run the ball, and their top two runners are both going to be out. So you have what Dearness Johnson is that his name? Uh, yeah, I think Darius Johnson, and they have somebody else that they also brought into uh, signed off of their practice squad to help. Yeah, that that doesn't inspire much confidence that the running game is going to be going to be any good. So I I think that the Broncos defense. I, I expect Cleveland to play conservatively, but I kind of expect the Broncos defense to come up with one turnover. And I don't think I think this this game has the feel of like I know we've had we've been blessed this year with many good uh, yeah. games, but this one just kind of feels like it's going to be the the typical Thursday night sloppy. See, I don't know, because Sunday night's game, I thought was going to have that feel with the Seahawks. I mean, yeah, Geno Smith, no Chris Carson. I was like, oh, this is going to be a horrible game. Well, into overtime, and it was actually a really good game. So I don't know. I am just going to assume that every primetime game this year is going to be a banger until I'm disappointed. I don't think I've been disappointed once this year. So, yeah, they've been good, but I guess like the Steelers, the, the Steelers have a good defense, but the Seahawks, yeah. not. I, I don't know. Both these defenses are good. None of neither one of the offenses scares me one bit. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know. I don't know if high hopes for this game being and being anything like a. I don't. I don't think this one will be a classic. I guess. Is yeah. Thing. No. I. I, I get that. One hundred percent. Unless Dearness Johnson goes off and scores like forty points and. You know, something crazy happens, but highly doubtful. I'm actually going to take Cleveland's defense here. Uh, last two weeks, they've had some unfortunate matchups. I mean, they had the Chargers, and then they had Arizona. It's a tough matchups to have back-to-back. Uh, before that, they had dropped zero fantasy points, five, 18, and nine. So they've been doing pretty decent so far this year. Uh, so I think they're going to kind of bounce back this this week and uh, and help them out. So I'm taking Cleveland. All right, and our final, we have Cortland Sutton or OBJ. Who are you starting and who are you sitting? Is it is it too soon to say that Odell Beckham stinks now? It's is too it, soon. Is it too soon to say that? Yeah, he, I'm not sure if it's too much of his fault or if it's just more Baker's fault. Yeah, I don't know whose yeah. fault it is. Like, I don't know if it's him or Mayfield. They're just they just never seem to be on the same page. But I like I've seen I've seen Mayfield miss badly with Beckham and yeah. badly thrown ball. But I've also seen Beckham have some bad drops. 
Like, I, I don't know. He just, Beckham does not look at all like the same receiver he was in New York. I get that he's only 28, but he has an extensive injury history that's making me think maybe, maybe he's breaking down a little sooner than some other guys do. Uh, I guess when we typically see, but I don't know. I just like Landry's going to be, should be back. Uh, I don't know. He's, he's just tough to, to start. He would be tough to start for me. Um, You're taking Sutton here. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely taking Sutton. He's Sutton's averaging 10 targets a game over the past five weeks. He's scored in two straight. Uh, Judy will be out. So I, I think that where he'll be the clear one there. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely taking Sutton here. Okay. I'm actually going to take OBJ here. I feel like uh, OBJ's lack of success has a lot to do with his quarterback. I think some throws are forced. I think their connection just isn't there. And I've seen Odell do better with worse quarterbacks in his life. So I think Odell will get the target. I think Case Keenum will see a superstar out there and try to get him the ball a little bit more. Uh, he hasn't really gotten any red zone love. Uh, he's got zero touchdowns this year, so that's why his points percentages are so low. Um, obviously, he hasn't been averaging a ton of targets. It's only been four weeks, though, so we'll see. But I'm actually going to take OBJ here. Might regret it, but we'll see. See, what? why are you higher on Because you sound like you have a much more optimistic outlook on Beckham. Just at a, a, I think it's just the fact that I'm a Giants fan, so I saw him at his best. Like, and it was like some of the best memories of my life. And I know how good he can be. And I've just seen Baker play and I'm just not sold. Like I've seen Odell do great with the worst quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not saying Eli Manning was worse, but at the time where Odell played with Eli, Eli wasn't the best. You know what I'm saying? No, I I totally get that. Especially seeing what Roethlisberger is now. Exactly. That's not like if I say I said last week, it's the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger. It's not a knock on what Roethlisberger is or his light. Like that's just exactly that's just who he is now compared to what he was. So I just I I know Odell has a lot still left in him. I think it's maybe the Cleveland system that just doesn't work for him. I think he might need to find a home somewhere else. Um, But it's just I just I've I've always held optimism towards OBJ regardless. So yeah, like I'm I'm looking at it like I don't he just doesn't look like the same guy to me. Yeah was in new york maybe it is a quarterback i don't like i said i've seen i've seen both of them screw up with that with missed passes or drop balls but like i don't know i know he's only 28 but it looks like he might have lost a step and yeah i think like at where he is now like there's a there's a chance if his name wasn't odell beckham that he might be on waivers yeah i agree I, I don't know. It's I, I maybe I'm being too harsh on him, but uh, I mean, there's a lot of expected out of Odell. I mean, Odell comes into most of the years if he's healthy, and, and you're thinking, okay, he's a top twenty guy. He should get me that type of performance, but he's just not giving that type of performance. So it's very easy to to think, okay, like you know what's wrong? Like why isn't he actually doing what he's supposed to be doing? So it's, I mean, it's a very good question to ask yourself when looking at Odell. Yeah, I think he would be better for sure. Like what you were saying, if he's out of Cleveland, is that that yeah. system is not for really friendly to any pass catchers outside of Landry. Yeah, not even just Landry. Much. I mean, you have Hunt in the backfield who catches the ball, Chubb catches it every once in a while. I think their priorities aren't really the deep ball as much as 
running the ball, and then little dink and dunks here and there to to some of their backs. Um, short plays. Odell's a deep guy. You know, he's middle deep. Uh, hit him on a slant and he can run. Or you hit him on a streak or a deep out, whatever the case is. And I just – I don't think Cleveland runs that kind of offense that's sustainable to the type of performance that Odell can give. So – yeah, I hope he. I hope he gets traded out of Cleveland because. Yeah, I'm curious to see how he'll do. Like, if I'm correct or if I'm not. Like, whether he's yeah. just getting old and he's just not as good as he used to be, or if it's just the system. So. All right. Well, that was a nice little tangent about Odell. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on next to our matchup previews. So, who do you have for our best matchup this upcoming week? All right, so this was a tougher one for me to pick just because I was going through all the matchups. And I, at first, I was like, oh, that looks like a pretty good matchup. But then I'd look, and one team would have like four players on by, and the other team wouldn't. But uh, I ended up settling on Sean versus Lucas. Uh, Derek, Henry, Derek Henry's got for, uh, for Sean. I expect him to be very good. I know that Lucas has a ton of guys on by, and a couple guys that are going to be uh, a little clear, are going to be questionable heading into next week. But uh, I've seen that we've seen Lucas do it before. I still think he's a very good team. And really, I guess this came down to, I thought he wasn't, he, Lucas's team wasn't quite as ravaged by buys and injuries as some of these other teams. And uh, I, I do think he can give Sean a game. Yeah. I I'm actually going to go here with, uh, with Nate and Damon, it was tough. Again, like you just mentioned, it, it was really tough for me to look at a matchup and be like, oh, this, this is going to be really good. Because when you really look into it, it's just like the teams just don't look full. They don't look ready. A lot of people are on by. A lot of people have injuries. So you're, you're playing guys that you're hoping can get you 10 points. Um, and a lot of lopsided matchups this week. Um and I think Nate and Damon's was the closest that I can find to a, to a solid matchup. Uh, obviously, Nate just pulled off that trade with uh, with Kyron, so he's got a few guys that he can kind of plug and play with uh, in his lineup and didn't get his team to, to kind of perform this week. So I'm going to go with uh, with Otis and the Bell Cows versus the Rickus Rick as my best matchup. That's the one I originally had, but I was looking at Nate's. Nate acquired a couple guys – buy and this is not the first time he's done this which I, I don't think it's a bad strategy because like i said i think that nate is in that top that top four that's going to the playoffs anyways so why not acquire some bye week guys on the cheap to improve your team later but i'm almost like some of the guy it almost looks like he's he did that knowing that he would be punting this week almost because he for one thing he's his chair his quarter his best quarterback is going to be jared goff uh, I don't know. He has Russell Wilson on his bench, right? He has Russell Wilson on IR. Dak Prescott is so he would have. I would assume he has rights to Geno Smith. I think he's still on Kyron's roster, though. I'm not sure totally how that works, but yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not sure. I think he probably passed on Geno Smith, and there's a couple waiver guys out there that are pretty decent to play this week. So I think he went that route. Okay. Yeah. It. it either way, it just seems like I. I it seems like he's almost like he's completely fine with punting this week. Uh, yeah. Cause he already had a lot of, he already had Dak Prescott, uh, CD lamb, James Robinson all on by this week. And then he went and acquired two more guys who were on by chase Claypool, chase Claypool and Adam Thielen. Uh, I don't know. Some of the guys, he's got a lot of holes in that lineup with it, but 
I think that was kind of by design. And I, I just, I, I don't think that he, I don't think that he cares about too much about the outcome of this week. I think he kind of punted it looking ahead, knowing that the team's going to get better. Yeah. Like he's not even, he's currently not even rostering a second quarterback. And he, like I, I wouldn't even be shocked if he didn't pick up the second quarterback. I think waivers go through in the morning tomorrow and the move okay. just went through. So I think that's what, I think tomorrow morning we'll, we'll get a picture of what Nate's going to do. Um, Cause even, even where he's at within the rankings, I mean, he's up there, but I don't, he can't really afford to, to drop too much either way. Um, Cause a couple guys behind him are, are still pretty close. Uh, just depends on what kind of matchup he wants to have. He definitely doesn't want to drop down to the, to the bottom third of one through six. Cause then he's going to be playing some the top guys. So it'll, uh, It'll be interesting to see what he does. So, yeah. Because, I mean, if he goes 0-2 this upcoming week and a couple guys underneath him win, go 2-0, and or if he loses 0-2 to Damon and Damon wins, Damon will jump him. He'll probably fall out of the top six. So, I don't know. I, it's super intrigued to see how this plays out. But, yeah. It'll be interesting. All right. Well – all that being said, uh, I did have things to watch out for, uh, and that's really it for me, just kind of the leapfrogging. We have some interesting matchups this week that can kind of change up the middle of the pack of that order. Uh, so that's really what I'm on the lookout for and, and just seeing if bye weeks and injuries hinder some of those big teams or just curious to see how that plays out. How about you? Uh, my thing to watch for is what, whatever you want to call it, there are six teams on bye this week, and they are all – like good team. I mean, I guess the Jaguars are just kind of happy to be there with these other teams, but like all these teams have some fantasy studs on them. You got the Steelers with Najee Harris, the Vikings had Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Chargers, Mike Williams is gone, Keenan Allen's gone, uh, James Robinson from the Jaguars. You got the Cowboys and all their offensive stars. And then, of course, the Bills, who before last week have been kind of the best team in football. But yeah, that's a lot of players that are going to be down this week across a lot of different teams. I guess I'm interested to see like who guessed right with who with which uh, with which jabroni to throw in there. Yeah, who who guessed right with which scrub to pick up and just take a see if they play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's we're, we're really going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel. I want to see if like maybe one or two of these guys, if somebody gets lucky and they're they just pop off. Yeah, I mean, the thing that kills me the most is just Case Keenum. I had to pick up Case Keenum. Like, there were some waiver guys. I just didn't feel like wasting a waiver to pick some of them up. I just didn't like matchups. So I was like, "Ah, it's Case Keenum. I'm just going to throw him in there. No running backs. He's going to throw the ball a ton. So he might get lucky, get some touchdowns. Who knows? So we'll see how that plays out. He could either get me 25 points or he can get me negative 10 points. So. Yeah, just a couple of the guys that are – being started this week. Uh, David Johnson, <laughs> him, uh, DJ Dallas, uh, Mikol Hardman, some, as you mentioned, Case Keenum. Yes. Miles Gaskin, which is really a shame. He's in this territory now where it's like, I know that's like God. it. Yeah. And then there's a couple guys, like I said, that Nate was, Nate was starting uh, Robert Tanyan, Khalif Raymond, Hendrick Bourne. This is where just really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. <laughs> yeah, we've got Players. some uh, some questionable guys playing this week. Uh, 
And like, I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody for playing any of those guys. Like that's, that's what needs to happen. With how many, yeah, that's yeah. where we're at with how many players <laughs> yeah. are out. Like I, I'm fully aware that there's six, there's six teams on by and they all have stud, fantasy studs on the team. Yeah. Or there's just not enough good players to go around. So I'm not, I mean, not, I have a good, I have a good, maybe one third of those studs from all those teams. Like I, a lot of my good players are out this week. Like I have Dalvin, Justin Jefferson, and Dawson Knox. Three of them out mm-hmm. this week. But those are my three of my big hitters on my team. So it's I have a feeling like this week is probably going to be our lowest scoring week across the board. Um, yeah, I have to agree with you there. Yeah, uh, in terms of just fantasy, I think we'll still have a couple teams that are just going to absolutely destroy and still score 180, 190, but it's not going to be as, as common. I think the league median is going to be relatively low this week, probably hitting it around like 140 to 135-ish area is my guess. So Yeah, I would I would agree with you there. I think that the, the buys are definitely going to affect that. Yeah. So, All right, let's go on down to our predictions. So for the very first one here, we have Juan Dissimo Magnifico, myself, versus Penguins of Madagascar. I'm going to go with Penguins here. Team's just way too down in the gutters right now. I have Case Keenum. I'm out three of my top starters. So, got to go against myself here. Who do you got? Yeah, I picked my team for the same reason. Mike Williams is really my only guy who's going to be on by this week. And your, yeah. team, your team's not quite – not really in that uh, – was not that fortunate this week. Yeah, I got a bunch of scrubs in there. So, we'll see. All right. Next, we have Mike and Gods of the Super Saiyans versus the Thundercats. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Thundercats pretty comfortably here this week. Who do you got? Yeah, I agree with you. Scott's team is another one that hasn't really been hit yeah. by any too many buys here. And uh, he's got Herbert. That's all he has. Yeah, yeah, I know he has Herbert, but it's about it. His team, I think, pound for pound, is a lot better than Mike's, and yeah, uh, he's not really missing anyone to close the gap. So I'm going to go with Scott here. All right, next we have Hugh Neutron versus the football heads. I have the football heads here. Who do you have? Uh, I do as well. Uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah, it's plain and simple. <laughs> nothing, nothing else. He, he'll probably score 60 by himself, so he'll be fine. All right, next we have Auto Rocket versus Rolf Boy. Uh, probably the easiest decision to make this week. Uh, I'm going to go with the Auto Rocket. Yeah, I'm also going to go with, with Nick here. Although I could see... Kyron making this a game. I think yeah, I, it's in bye weeks and stuff. There's, there's some things that can that can play his way, I guess. But let's see, I gotta look at his bench because he doesn't even have his lineup set yet. So, yeah, I think I think Kyron can make this a game. I I I don't know that it will be really high scoring, but I think it'll be closer than people expect. Speaking of this, just reminded me, Kyron. I don't know if you hear this. I'm probably gonna text you before that, but you have to drop one of your quarterbacks. Uh, I don't really care who it is, but one of them has to go. All right. Uh, I'm just I'm still looking at his lineup. I'm just curious to see who he's going to play this week. Yeah, I mean, he could make this. He can make it a game. Actually, I I won't disrespect saying it's going to be the easiest decision. This could be interesting. But I'm, I think I'm still going to go with Nick here. I'm going with Nick. I just think I got yeah. whatever whatever our our pretend spread is. I think that uh, Kyron would cover. Okay. All right, next, we have Scooby and the gang versus Randy Marsh. Uh, taking Scooby here. I think he'll have a really solid week. He does have some players out that'll kind of hurt him a little bit. You know, Najee's out, Kirk Cousins out, so he's got to make some – put some questionable players in to a starting lineup. 
but it's the same thing on the other side. It's a lot of players out this week, so I'm gonna I'm still gonna go with JC here. What do you got? Yeah, I, I'm also gonna go with JC, but again, I think this one will be close. Yeah. Uh, I Randy Marsh seems like maybe like one or two players away from for me picking him though. I think it's gonna be. I think Kevin will make this a game. Yeah, I think Kevin has a, a scrappy team. So I think he'll he'll find a way to to make it very close. I agree. Yeah, like if, if Saquon was healthy this week, I think I'd pick Kevin. Yeah. I agree. So I mean, same thing with Clyde. If Clyde wasn't out or whatever the case is, that there's again, those two players right there would make the difference for me. But even though Clyde wasn't playing that great either way. All right, moving on down to our last one. We have Otis and the Bell Cows versus the Rickus Rick. Who you got here? Uh, I'm I'm picking Damon here. Like I said, I don't know that Nate's totally in it for this week, and I don't know that he – like just based on how many guys he is, I, he's missing like half his starting lineup. Yeah. I originally was going to go with Nate, um, but just after looking at the lineups a little bit, you did intrigue me a little bit. I did notice that Nate has a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of guys out. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Damon on this one. Yeah, it's just that trade that he made made me think maybe he doesn't – maybe he's okay punting this matchup. Yeah. You, he already did have a ton of players on by, and he just picked up some more or two more that yeah. were on by. So I wonder if he knew, yeah. if he noticed this, or if he didn't. It would be very rare of Nate not to notice these things because these are things that he usually looks into. But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Nate, if you're hearing this right now, um, let us know what your thoughts were. Once well, he already he, he knows, he knows yeah. they were on by. That's why he tried That's to trade a, for him. And that's why that's the thing I'm most curious about is just I'm curious to see what your what your end game goal here was because I know what your lineup is going to look like next week and it's going to look great. But well, I think that's I guess the, I, think I think he's thinking he can afford to take the losses this week because his team will win from here on out. So yeah, like okay. if I could, I I would want all my my entire starting lineup if I, in an ideal world they would all have a buy on the same on the same week. Yeah, yeah I mean because then you go zero and two that week and then I've, everything after that. It's a yeah, I have my full lineup, starting so. lineup. Yeah. That would be like in an ideal in in my perfect fantasy football team. That that is the case. Everybody, I will have nobody starting in my starting lineup uh, on that week. They will all be on buy. So, do you want all my buys? I'll give you all my buys. <laughs> uh, not this week, I don't think. All right. All right. Moving to our next, that we're going to our trade recap section. So we'll start it off right here at the top. We have the Rickus Rick acquires Dalton Schultz. David Montgomery and Michael Thomas from Auto Rocket for Miles Gaskins and Deontay Johnson. What did you think about that? Uh, so this is an interesting one. I really like Dalton Schultz a lot. Uh, I think that he's he's another one who's kind of been who's been led into the tight end circle of trust, and that's not very many names. Uh, I I don't think that Michael Thomas is going to be a huge fantasy factor. I know that everybody kind of got a bit excited for him this week, but then the news came out that he's not going to, he's actually several weeks away still. Yeah. I I think it could, the question's still there. Does he play at all? Uh, I do still like David Montgomery. I don't think anybody's going to overtake him in that Bears backfield, even though Herbert played well. And I know that Williams is a good running back, but I think when Montgomery's there, he's the guy. Uh, on the other side, I don't like Miles Gaskin at all. Uh, yeah. I think I know this trade was made before last week, but I think that last week's game in London was very disheartening. It looked like at, towards the beginning of that game that they 
gave Gaskin the opportunity to be the guy to step up and he dropped a pass and fumbled and they didn't really go back to him. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little concerned with Gaskins that the, the ship has sailed as, with him as the, as the top dog in that backfield. Uh, and he's not really, he might not be a fantasy factor going forward, but I do like Deontay Johnson a lot. He gets a ton of targets. I agree. He's, he's, uh, he's Ben's favorite. And uh, even, even the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger has to have somebody to throw to. And that's mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson. Uh, I don't know that I have a preferred side to this. Um, I guess I'll lean a little bit towards the side that Damon got just because tight end is so shallow and we're always looking for good running backs, uh, especially this year. We've seen like it, this has been a worst, the worst running back year in recent memory. Yeah, it's been uh, wide receivers a little bit deeper, but like I don't hate Nick's side. Uh, I just think I would rather have the the two players from scarcer positions. Yeah, I agree. Uh Miles is not the greatest, and, and I while I do love Deontay Johnson, I do have him in one of my leagues. Um, having the the availability of Damon Montgomery when he comes back and Dalton Schultz is, I think, is what takes it away from me there. All right, moving on to our next one, we have Gods of the Super Saiyans acquires Terry McLaurin, Stefan Diggs, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Taylor Heineke from the Thundercats for DK Metcalf, Justin Herbert, and Jalen Waddle. Um, I actually like Mike's side of the deal here. I think he's picking up two great receivers and Stefan Diggs and Terry McLaurin to fill out some of those spots as either as wide, wide receiver positions or as flexes. And then he's got Taylor Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick, one handcuff to the other. Um, so don't mind it too much. While I will say Justin Herbert is Justin Herbert and Metcalf is Metcalf, but I do like uh, Mike's side of the trade here. What do you think? Uh, I come on the other side, and I think, like I've talked about before, I really value quarterbacks a lot in this format. And I think when you have two studs like that, uh, like like it's Scott's team right now, his quarterback duo is. I I don't mean it like I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I because I, I specifically drafted to have the best quarterback duo in the league, and I think that he's right up there with me now with uh, Murray and Herbert. But uh, I think that having those, having two quarterbacks like that who are both top 10 guys pretty easily uh, really raises your weekly floor. Uh, and is we've already seen the ceiling with his team is sky high with the right with the other with the rest of the talent on his roster. And uh, I think that he had a, he had a couple wide receivers. He had really good wide receiver depth. I don't think he's losing a whole lot, especially since he's getting DK Metcalf back to replace one. So he's. There was always one man, one odd man out in his lineup. So now he's getting because Jamar Chase was on his bench for the first couple of weeks, even after he broke out, just because there was no spot for him. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think that this really helps Scott's team a lot. I mean, on the other side, I don't, I don't hate it for for Mike. I just, I, I, I always hesitate when I see uh, a real big quarterback drop like that, just because I, I really do value quarterback a lot. And I, I like I like Diggs. Um, the little probably a little lower on McLaurin, but yeah, I, I prefer Scott's side. I think the quarterback really does it for me. And getting back Metcalf, I don't think he's losing a ton of wide receiver value. Yeah, yeah, I can respect that. All right. Then moving on down to our last one, we have Otis and the Bell Cows acquire Russell Wilson, Adam Thielen, and Chase Claypool 
from Rolf Boy for Jarvis Landry, Jacoby Myers, Wolf Fuller, Sam Darnold, and Nick Folk. Uh, I'd have to say I value Nate's side of the trade here pretty heavily. Um, getting Russell Wilson back when he does come back. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't need him immediately, so he, he can stash him for the time being. Adam Thielen, one of the top wide receivers, and I know Claypool didn't have the greatest week, um, but I think the target shares will be there for him in Pittsburgh, so – yeah, yeah I, think we, I think we definitely I think it's definitely safe to say that Nate got better value for it. But this is kind of what Kyron has to do now with the yep. position that he's in. Uh, he kind of has to I think he has to take it week to week. He's doing it like like doing trades like this where um, he needs players who are going to play right now. Uh, I know Fuller's hurt or Fuller's hurt, but he need, he needs guys who are going to be in his lineup right now. He got rid of three guys who are not going to play this week. Uh, like I said, he's pretty much in a position where he needs to be winning every week. I think he needs to take it one week at a time. Um, I guess maybe Amy could be a little more aggressive shopping it around, but I don't, I don't know. I know that I don't, I don't have a problem with Kyron making this trade. Cause I think that he needs to. Like yeah. I, said, I think it's needed. And for Nate, I, I know I get the strategy. I think it's a good, I totally think it's fine. Like if he, if his strategy is to punt this week and knowing that he's acquiring, know that he already has a pretty heavy, a pretty heavy bye week this week. Uh, with a lot of his starters being out, I don't, I don't see any problem with uh, basically punting this week and having a stronger lineup from here on out. Yeah, I agree. All right, that sums up all of our trades this week. A uh, little bit more than 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 we did last week. Uh, it's been pretty quiet recently, so I think we'll see here in the next couple of weeks. It might ramp up a little bit more, get some trades in, and get back to what we normally see. So. Overall, not too bad. All right. Moving on down to our Around the League segment. Let's do our fantasy over-under. Uh, do a little recap of last week's. We had Dawson Knox at a 13 over-under. I took the over. He hit the under. He finished with seven and a half points, which is pretty disappointing. Uh, just he, he also broke his hand that game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. It was towards the end of the game. He actually – that two-point conversion that he ended up throwing in the Philly special, He the hand was already broken. Because, uh, like, they panned over to the sideline and he was, like, holding his hand and, and everything. So, they said he's only going to miss a couple weeks, including the bye week. So, he might be back sooner than later, uh, which is good to hear. So, it doesn't sound like it's something that's going to keep him out for too long. Well, if Dawson Knox can throw touchdown passes with uh, with a broken hand, what's Russell Wilson's excuse? Uh, pointer finger. It's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, crucial yeah. part of your hand yeah. throwing a ball. I'm, I'm sure Russell Wilson is like, oh man, I could do that. Probably, he probably thinks he could, but it probably wouldn't pay. It wouldn't pan out for him very well. No, for sure not. Yeah. That injury looks gruesome. Yeah, is that? Sorry, I didn't mean to get you off track. No, 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 yeah. you're good. You're good. All right, next we have Justin Herbert at 22 over under. Uh, he had half of that. Finished with 11 points. Uh, pretty sad week for Justin Herbert, but. He was on fire for a while, so I guess there was a point in time where he needed to settle down a little bit. So, And then last, we had Devontae Booker at a 12 over under. Took the under here. He actually did hit the under. He had 10.9 points, which is roughly around probably where I expected him to finish. Um, nothing really too tremendous there from him. Do you have any feedback there? No, I mean, I think that we're seeing the, the value with Devontae Booker going forward, though, which is uh... – it's going to get volume uh, yeah. at plenty of touches as long as Barkley's out. As far as Herbert goes, I'm kind of throwing that game out because that seemed like the typical West Coast team travels to the East Coast for a yeah, while. Yeah, a little jet lag and 
yeah that's sloppy mess everything's out of out of sync it's just mm-hmm. it's like it happens a lot yep all right moving on to this week I have Geno Smith at a 12 point over under for this week what do you have uh, I'm gonna go with un- uh, with the under because one Geno Smith is bad and two is I don't even know if it's guaranteed he's gonna be the quarterback because uh they're talking about Cam Newton I guess it's a little late for that but I'll yeah. stick with my original thing Geno Smith is a bad quarterback and I'm gonna say under yeah, I'm going to go with the under here. I, I I would love for them to pick up Cam Newton. I think that'd be really fun to watch him with the Seahawks. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with the under here. Gino just isn't the greatest. So Next, we have Daryl Williams, 14 over under. He performed pretty well last week. So what do you got? All right, I'm going to go with the over. And I actually, I do have some thoughts on Daryl Williams. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a great running back. I don't think, I don't think he's, better than Clyde Edwards-Lair. Clyde Edwards-Lair is definitely the talented running back. However, I think that Daryl Williams is the more valuable, will be the more valuable fantasy running back uh, when he's healthy versus what we had with Clyde Edwards-Lair. And this is why, like, he's getting all of the running back touches, Daryl Williams is, including the goal line work, which Clyde Edwards-Lair was not getting. And, uh, I know that he wasn't very efficient. He had about three yards per carry. But I think the more important thing is, is he actually got the full lead back role that we were kind of expecting Clyde to have. Darrell Williams got that in the Chiefs offense that looked like it kind of figured it out in the second half. That I think that when we were drafting, I know last year we drafted Clyde as a like a back end uh, first round pick. I think we're going to kind of see – think we're going to see that sort of this is the role we envision him having when we did that Darrell Williams has that role right now yeah and I, I think that as long as Clyde is out and Williams is the lead running back and, ha- and has this role which he looks like he can excel in I think he'll be a top 12 overall back as long as Clyde Edwards flares out and this version of Williams right now I think will be more valuable than then Clyde, then Clyde will be the rest of the season when Clyde comes back because as long as Williams is there, it looks like he's the goal line guy. And uh, I don't think that Clyde is going to have – I don't think Clyde's going to get this role that, that Williams has right now where he's just the full he's – the, he's the full lead back. McKinnon was not a factor last week. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for, for what Williams can do while Clyde's out. I think that he'll be, he'll be a more valuable running back – as the starter, then Clyde will be as the starter. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Daryl Williams has shown that he can he can kind of keep on. I mean, he had 21 carries, which is kind of insane. Uh, obviously, like you said, he only has about three yards per carry, but he when he was needed, he was he did his job. I um, mean, he did it well with the two touchdowns. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think his value is really good, and I'm going to take the over as well. Yeah, I guess just to clarify, like I'm not saying that Daryl Williams' rest of season is going to be a more valuable running back. Oh, yeah, Clyde. It's just while if they if both of them have the starting running back role, it looks like Daryl Williams' ceiling is higher just because he's getting all the touches and Clyde was not. Yep. And I even think if Daryl Williams continues to do what he's doing right now and he does really well, even when Clyde comes back, I think Kansas City's got to think to themselves, okay, how much are we going to want to play Clyde? You know, Daryl Williams showed that he can he can do the job and do it well. So I'm not going to say it's going to be a, a committee backfield, but there's a chance that 
Clyde's not getting that many targets or that many touches. So, but yeah. All right, moving on down to our final one, we have Elijah Mitchell came back last week. I have him at a 13 over under. Uh, I'm actually going to hit the over here. Uh, last week, while he didn't do amazing, uh, he was the RB1. He was a clear RB1 for that backfield. Um, so I'm going to take the over here on 13. Yeah, this is a really good line. Like this is, I think this is exactly where it should be. But I'm, I'm going to take the over. I know Indianapolis is tough against the run, but uh, Mitchell's definitely looks like he has he has the clear lead role in that backfield. Uh, Sermon Trey Sermon doesn't really have much of a role at all. Uh, I, I we know I think we know that Mitchell's going to have at least 15 touches, probably more than that. And uh, anytime that you're a running back and you have that many touches, and he's not he's not really he's not that efficient but he's not like not like Devonte booker or anything but uh I, I think that he i think this is a number he can he can hit the over on yeah i mean i i think he'll if you look at his his week one performance and that was um, that was his best performance and even the following week his week one 19 touches 104 yards and a touchdown following week he had almost the same amount of touches about half the yards um think a lot of that had to do is he was starting to kind of get into that injury he wasn't feeling the greatest so I don't know I expect him coming back I mean last week he was nine for 43 which isn't horrible compared to his previous showing before that when he was 17 for 42 so he was being a little bit more productive um so yeah I I, uh expect him to do well yeah I just think the 49ers clearly look like they they value I mean it's it's obvious they like him a lot more than they like Trey Sermon, and he's going to get touches. Yeah, he's going to get opportunities. I agree. All right, so that closes our fantasy over under for this week. Uh, moving on down to our news and notes uh, at the very top, Baker Mayfield is out. Is there anything to be concerned about, or do you think this is just kind of a precautionary measure with a short week that they're just going to sit him and and they? feel comfortable with Keenum out there, or do you think that there's actually something wrong? Uh, I definitely think there's something wrong because uh, maybe this is just the uh, the baseball fan in me, but hearing that somebody went to get a second opinion is never good. Yeah. And Baker, man, it means that you didn't like the first opinion is usually like 99% of the time is what that means because nobody goes, uh, oh, I liked what the doctor told me. I'm going to go see if I get bad news somewhere else. It's usually the way around. Yep. And uh, yeah, I just, I know that it's his non-throwing arm, but Baker Mayfield already was not a great quarterback. And he has some of the lowest volume in the entire league. And I just, if they're, if they're going to go away from him even more, if they can even do that, uh, like I could see them going to their running backs even more. And I have, and I, I have heard stuff that he Baker Mayfield is probably going to have to have off season surgery to repair this. Yeah. So I, I think this is going to linger for the rest of the season. And I know it's his not throwing shoulder, but even if you're in discomfort like that, that's still going to affect you. I agree. I, I think it's a little worrisome to see. Uh, Cause even on a short week, I think, I think in the NFL a quarterback, even when it's a, an injury and it's a short week. I don't think you just sit a player to sit a player, especially in that division where everything's pretty, pretty close in that division. 
you don't just sit your starting running your quarterback just to as a precautionary measure. So some reports out there were saying it was just a precautionary measure, but I just I don't really I don't know if I believe it. Um, so it'll definitely be interesting. Um, hopefully it's not anything season ending. It's not something that'll end a season. Uh, if so, I think Cam Newton is a very good uh, replacement there. If they find a way to pull in Cam Newton, if something serious does happen, so keep an eye. I don't on think that. it'll be season. I don't think it'll be season ending. It doesn't sound yeah. like it will be anyways. I just I just think it'll linger. And again, the second opinion thing definitely uh, definitely raises the eyebrows. Yeah, that's never good. Never. All right, and then staying with the Browns, uh, Kareem Hunt put on IR and Nick Chubb out this week. Uh, what do you expect that backfield to look like this week? And, and do you expect the backups to, to produce anything close to the same? Or do you just expect that entire offense just to be a garbage fire? I, I kind of expect the latter. I just, like I said before, I think this has the look of a, uh, a, a dumpster fire Thursday night game that we've seen in the past. And like, I, I don't know what to expect from the offense because like on one hand, you've, if Baker was in, maybe you'd think they'd, they'd pass more, but now it's Case Keenum. I guess I expect uh, Darren Johnson to get plenty of opportunities. So uh, he might be a good plug and play this week just based on volume alone, but I, I can't see many, many points being scored either way. There's just too many guys out and yeah. positions and uh, a lot of talent is out on that, uh, on that Browns offense with, with Chubb and Hunt. I don't think any I don't think any Browns fan or coach ever thought that the running back position would be a problem this year with the two guys that they have. I agree. I feel like you usually think, okay, one of them's healthy, the other one will if the other one's not healthy, the other one will play, whatever the case is, they'll both give us great production. Well, now they're both out. So it, it's definitely an interesting situation in that backfield. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought one of them goes out, play the other one. Well, I have both of them in one of my leagues and they're both out. So it's it's definitely a rough look. I think is it. I think Lucas has both of them in our league. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's, is, uh, that's it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's one of those that like you thought you were safe, but you're not safe. Yeah, I didn't know that Chubbs was that was that bad. I I know that Hunt is yeah. looked really bad, and uh, like his looked like it might be season ending, and they got. I, I guess it's not, but it it looked bad. I didn't even. Like, I don't. I don't even know what happened to Chubb. It's just a calf. I think they're just holding him out for the week. Just to, I think with the decision of them holding out Baker and everything, they're like, well, we might as well just hold out all of our good assets so none of them get hurt because we're probably going to lose. So they're pulling a Nate. Yeah, I was going to say. So in a way, <laughs> Browns did the same thing this week. Exactly. They said, hey, we can afford a loss. I think uh, our starters that we have in the future will will help carry us out. So. I think the difference there is I don't know if the Browns can afford a loss. Yeah, I don't know if they can either because that division is extremely tight and the top of that division looks really good right now. So, but yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, that's all I had in the news and notes. Did you have anything that you wanted to mention? No, I don't have any complaints this week about uh, abbreviations. I, I Yeah, everything was fixed. Yeah, that's that's good. I'm not no longer confused about it. So. <laughs> all right. Well, that's perfect. Thank you for joining me again, Jake. I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. uh, And we'll catch you guys next week. Later.